1: Alright, we're back with another episode of the Playing With Squirrels podcast, a Boy Meets World fan cast. I'm joined today by one of my oldest friends, Chris Pierre-Domenico, also known as Crispy, uh, who runs Dork Daily. Uh, the episode that we're going to be discussing this week is Model Family, released on today, February 4th, but back in 1994. So, Chris, thank you for joining me for this episode. Um, I have a bunch of episodes picked out for you in future seasons uh, that tie a little bit more into your direct life, but Hmm. at the time uh, I just really needed someone to do an episode and I figured why not introduce the audience to you in season one so that when you pop up in season two we can skip some of the pleasantries since season one episodes really don't have a ton of substance to discuss, so it's a little bit more... Getting to know the audience um, yeah, I was trying to wonder I was wondering why i uh, I got this episode in particular. I just needed somebody <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, this episode I will say model family um probably one of the more creative names of an episode in yeah. how it ties both subplots into one name um but beyond that, there's not a whole lot you know this is very uh heavy handed <laughs> Preachy episode of Boy Meets Worlds, more so than normal. Um, So, before we dive into it, tell us a little bit about yourself. I I believe Dork Daily should be or will be very close to launching by the time this drops in February.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. We're going to be launching uh, Dork Daily. It's a uh, comedy entertainment uh, reporting website. And, um, you know, I, in addition to that, I also am a uh, high school. TV, video, and journalism teacher. So I have uh, some of my uh, former students helping me out with the project, which is great. Um, so yeah, I guess you know it is. It was a bit of a trippy episode, but you know at the same time it it kind of fit right in with the '90s. Yeah, I mean, that was that was kind of your. F- Very, very typical type of episode you would expect, really on any sitcom.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, but Boy World definitely, around season three is when it really just starts to go off the rails and becomes way more wacky and less like family drama. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this episode starts off with Feeney showing the class an episode of Leave It to Beaver, which leads into a lesson on what the ideal nuclear family was in the 50s.
0: Yeah, and I I thought it was interesting to open with a very tropey sitcom from yeah. about forty years earlier. So I think even in the beginning, you know, Michael Jacobs was kind of aware of what he was doing, and
1: he was poking fun uh, at that somewhat. Well, they make a great they make a great reference um, later on in the episode when so so let there's so the assignment is that four students have to become a nuclear family. In this situation, it's Corey as the dad, Topanga as the mom, Minkus and Sean as the kids. Uh, And there's a scene where Corey says... Man, I guess it really helps to have some of the greatest writers in Hollywood making sure that you always have a good lesson prepared. And Feeney looks directly at the camera and says, I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, I,
0: I caught that. I, I thought that was very, very clever. And so, and I, I think Boy Meets World kind of became known for uh, breaking the fourth wall. And I think this was probably one of the, or maybe maybe the first instance yeah. of it.
1: One, one of the past guests on this show was the host of a former Boy Meets World podcast called Kid Gets Acquainted with the Universe, yes. named after one of the best episodes. Of Boy Meets World, where Eric gets cast and kids get acquainted with the universe, probably the most fourth wall meta uh, yeah. of the whole series. Uh, this episode also is noteworthy because it is the introduction of Jason, who would become Eric's best friend oh, for two to okay. three seasons. Um, this is the plus of like watching these one time once a once a week <laughs> as opposed to just binging through the DVD is that yeah. I like, catch these little things. Um, Jason is a character I actually really like, and I wish that he had stuck around. Uh, I mean, obviously, Matthew Lawrence was a way bigger star power to take over the best friend mm-hmm. role, but I, I thought that Jason was very funny. Uh, I think that he, uh, Jason Marsden, is the actor who plays him, and he's way more known as a voice actor, uh, but he was like the king of TGIF for, for a while. He was on everything. He was on this. He was on Step by Step. I think he popped up in an episode of Full House, <laughs> like, he, he, uh, he's, um, Max, right? Yeah. A, a goofy movie. Um, isn't he somebody else? He might have also been the voice of Mighty Max. He was the voice of a ton of cartoon characters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his IMDb page is mostly voice acting stuff, but I think he is a very charming, charming actor. Uh, and it, it's unfortunate because it's always kind of like his whole thing is, his, the joke is that he's not that good looking. And like, obviously he's not like a supermodel, but I think that he's like for a nineties male actor, he, he should have gotten more non uh, voice acting roles. In my opinion, anyway.
0: Well, you know, I think, you know, back then kind of the idea that the, you know, a shorter guy was not very attractive. I, th- I think they kind of played well, up that joke.
1: It's even offensive because he's like the voice of Thackeray Binks in Hocus Pocus, but he doesn't even get to play the actor who gets turned into Thackeray. Right. Sinks and he's <laughs> only in two seats. Yeah. Like, just yeah. Give, the, give the guy a little bit of screen time. Um, the focus of this episode, beyond the ideal model family, which is the A-plot, is the B plot, which is Eric becoming a model, hence why I think that the the name Model Family is actually a really creative one. Uh, the highlight of this episode is Eric entering the kitchen immediately after getting the headshots and is just like posing and and strutting around the kitchen. Is uh. Another one of those moments in the first season where you see what the Eric of future seasons would be.
0: I, I was thinking about that as well. I mean, there's there's moments where Eric kind of just has these these dumb comments that he makes, and um, I think that what, when I realize that it's when he meets the I guess the person running the modeling agency, the the attractive woman, and uh, she asks his name, and he's like, "I used to know this," <laughs> you know, and it's it's just just a glimmer. Of, you know, what would eventually be, uh, you know, Senator uh, Plays with Squirrels. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, It later later comes down to Eric's parents are obviously not thrilled that he spent $90 on a headshot. um, Leading to them to come to the conclusion that it's up to their son to figure out what's best for him. Um, And Eric realizes that he's been scammed and goes to Storm back to get his money back. And that's when he finds out that he's actually got a modeling gig he's very excited and decides to quit the store to model full-time. Um, we're going to hold here because then we jump back to the A-plot where we wrap up the story of the fake model family uh, with Sean just absolutely crushing it in his Minkus impression. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, I had forgotten all
0: about that. Oh, Minkus uh. is such a good character.
1: But yeah, no, Sean doing Minkus is fantastic in this episode. Yeah. Um the, the whole revelation in this is that they're supposed to be arguing about Minkus wanting to get a tattoo, uh, and Minkus, to what Corey believes, is sabotages the entire scenario by going out and getting a tattoo regardless, but actually leads perfectly into Feeney's lesson, which is that family situations cannot be resolved as quickly as they are shown on television, um, which is funny because then the situations resolve pretty quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but... We'll get to that in a second That pretty much wraps up our A story So in a weird way our B story becomes the main focus of this episode Which is very weird for like script writing (laughs) Um, We jump to back to the mall And we discover that the big modeling gig that Eric got Was to be a lobster Who will get you a free lobster dinner If you can dunk him into the giant bucket of butter
0: (laughs) Which you know, when I saw the uh, the tank, I'm like, I think that's actual butter.
1: Yeah, you know, Dude, when he hits it and the way that it spreads around. Yeah, I think so too. I think that if it was fake butter, they would have made it look way more yellow. Yeah, yeah, some more creamy. Uh, so that was pretty ridiculous. The the only other line that made me chuckle in this particular episode was when Eric's trying to get Corey's attention, and Sean, <laughs> very genuinely confused, goes, "I think that lobster knows you." Yeah. I... <laughs>
0: I wrote that down as my favorite line too. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, it's funny because you you read a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, and um, you know, it was said that uh, uh, the, the actors who played Sean and Eric couldn't really be in many scenes together because they would crack each other up so much. Yeah, um,
1: I can see that being the situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I will say these shows usually have some really good speeches. Uh, there's two really good ones here. I like the story that Mr. Feeney tells, and originally that was my intention, was like, that will be the, the quote that I end this episode on, but I actually think that the Monopoly story that happens is way better, uh, in which Eric basically begs for his job back at the store that he had quit, and his dad tells him, I'm sorry, but I I filled the position, I have to do that, I don't mm-hmm. care if you're making a dumb mistake, you're my employee, you've left, I need to backfill. And Eric tells a story about, well, when I was a kid and I would, like, land on the hotel that you had ownership of, you let me re-roll so I wouldn't have to give you money. He goes, yeah, but that, you're not a kid anymore. And it it is a very real moment because I think in a lot of other shows there would be this, like, okay, yeah, let's just get you another job. I could always use the extra help type situation. And this one's like, no, you fucked up and like that's
0: yeah another show you'd have the full house music start to play and it would be resolved so you know in that case it does break from the i think the standard trope at the time they
1: find a middle ground eric has to work the the way crappier back at the front of the line Mm -hmm. or back in the return to the back of the line in the chain of command position uh so i i think that that worked uh really well it looks like I did not prepare properly battery power wise. So let's wrap up a little bit quicker than usual. Chris, tell me a little bit of like your history with Boy Meets World. What are some of your fondest memories, favorite moments, et cetera? Oh gosh.
0: I mean, I would watch Boy Meets World. I, I probably got into it, not early, but I would say that um, probably when I was in middle school, I think that was around the time season three was big. And uh, I just started watching and I just, I thought it was funny and I just related to it a lot. I mean, it's kind of, I, I think at the time it's, I mean, I related to Corey a lot. We both had bad hair. We were both unpopular, and um, you know, kind of having our own sort of avatar on a show, I think was just very enjoyable for me to watch. And I think I, I think for that reason, I pulled a lot of life lessons from it. You know, I think you know later in life, um, becoming a teacher, I really kind of appreciated how uh, with the amount of respect that the show treated teachers with. Yeah, um, and the amount of influence they had on the characters, and just you know, kind of looking back, I think I appreciated that even more. Um, so you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that when Girl Meets World* ran, I you know I was 30 years old and watching Disney Channel every Friday night to just see <laughs> the next one. Um, you know, even though you know, obviously, uh, you know, it wasn't as great of a series, but you know, it certainly it certainly felt like it was kind of rounding everything out pretty
1: nicely. All right, and do you have a favorite *Boy Meets World* moment?
0: Oh God, any moment? Any Um, moment, any season. (laughs) So many. Uh, But I think maybe one of the funniest moments to me that makes you laugh the most is uh, the wedding of uh, Corey and Topanga and uh, Corey and Sean are having a fight, and and Sean storms out, and Corey says, uh, or, uh, Sean says, "Like I have a nice life," and Corey says, "You too, trailer trash." And Eric just laughs and goes, "Ha ha, Sean's poor." <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just like it, it's just a totally funny moment in the middle of something very serious, but it was just so funny.
1: Yeah, it really does break the tension of that particular scene. I always remember yeah. that sequence. <laughs> Um, all right, well, as we're wrapping up, it's a very short episode, but these are all usually 20 minutes or less. Anyway, uh, where can people go to check out Dork Daily?
0: Uh, you can go to dorkdaily.com. You can also search for us on uh, YouTube or also on Facebook. So check us out. You know, we have uh, comedy sketches but also a lot of reviews of uh, more of very recently
1: released movies and TV episodes. So check it out. All right, thank you very much. And you'll be back in Season 2, I'm yeah. sure. There's a... There's a episode about running journal, a journalism class and there's also one about running a TV studio so I'm I, sure you will be there for both I can't wait <laughs> thanks for having me Dad, do you remember when I was little and we used to play Monopoly and, and I'd roll the dice and land on Boardwalk
0: while you had a hotel on it? Yeah Well, you called a misroll and you let me roll again Yeah Well, Dad this modeling thing I, I misrolled
1: Yeah, but
0: you're not little anymore You wanted to make your own decisions live your own life
1: I let you Oh, I know, but come on, Dad, just for old time's sake, can I be little again? Well, Eric, I'm not always going to be there to give you another role. I know, but you're here now. I mean, you're my father. You're supposed to help me. Can I have my job back, please?
0: No. But we could use some help on the weekend night shift.
1: My old job? <sighs> Goodbye Friday and Saturday nights. <laughs> What's the difference after those two girls tell all the other girls about your secret life as a lobster? Do you think you'll ever date again? I'll take the job.